Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, my voice broke there, Paul. Happy New Year, everybody. It is uh, Sunday night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined after a big Steelers victory in Seattle, 30-23 to against the Seahawks. Uh, joined by Paul Zeiss, Post-Gazette Sports Columnist. We're going to break this whole game down. Um, Paul, I-, I think a lot to like if you're a Steelers fan. Another great start by Mason Rudolph. Um, the running game was was great. The receivers looked like you know they've been hyped up to be all off season. Um, everything kind of worked offensively. The defense was banged up. They gave up some big plays, but um, they, it was kind of a bend don't break type performance, which I think at this stage of the season is probably the best you can hope for. What is your uh, instant reaction to what we saw tonight at Lumen Field? Well, uh, it took. What was it, 58 games or something like that for, for them to, to get 400 yards of offense? They got it, what, twice now in about five or six weeks. Uh, the difference is this time they scored 30 points as opposed to 16. Um, I thought it was a good game. I thought they had a good game plan. I thought the thing that Mason Rudolph did better uh, than other, the other guys before him, he was very decisive, made good decisions, uh, got the ball where he needed to get the ball. Uh, he didn't look panicked in the pocket even the few times when it collapsed on him um i thought he played really well they ran the ball really well right at seattle um and like you said the defense wasn't great but the defense made plays when they needed to make plays and that's the that's the key i mean really in many many ways today was kind of the formula that they sort of had envisioned for the entire season isn't it run the ball well make big plays on defense and don't you know make mistakes on and don't turn it over uh, they didn't turn it over, you know, uh, they didn't turn it over, number one. Number two, they ran the ball. And number three, even though their defense gave up some plays, they made some big plays when they needed to, you know, some sacks. They got a strip sack and a and a fumble. Uh, they made some big plays. So all in all, I thought it was a really good game for the Steelers uh, on both sides of the ball. I certainly hope we don't spend another week trying to guess who's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, obviously, you and I are not sitting in the press conference and really not able to watch the press conference, but I would hope Mike Tomlin today ends that charade and just says, basically, listen, you know, Kenny's our guy long-term, but right now the hot hand is Mason Rudolph, so we're just going to ride him and see what happens next week in Baltimore. I hope we don't have to play this game where we don't, uh, you know, we're not sure who it's going to be and this and that. And as of Friday, you know, man, Pickett's going to be the backup, and then all of a sudden now he's the third-string guy and all this other stuff. To me, if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Mike Donlin, I make it very clear. You know what? This has nothing to do with Kenny Pickett at this point. It's about winning a game in Baltimore. Right now we feel like Mason Rudolph has just got the hot hand, so we're going to go with him. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where I don't understand uh, why it has to be complicated. Paul, I want to dig into the quarterback situation on the other side of our little thank you for uh, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh, our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast, every episode of the Steelers postgame show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel, Post-Gazette Sports Podcast Network, um, and postgazette.com if you're watching us there. Um, there's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to get started planning or to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Paul, before I get into the quarterbacks, didn't they just kind of feel like the Steelers today? 
I mean, that was the it was in the third quarter. They were throwing some haymakers. Um, you know that it wasn't. You know they weren't like the Peyton Manning era, era Indianapolis Colts, but they were moving the ball. They were getting some big plays on defense. This is. I don't know that I saw that team we saw today in like five years since 2018, right before Antonio Brown left. I mean, this this felt like a, what should be a normal Steelers game offensively and defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought they I thought that what we saw from the offense. Now, obviously, it helps when you can run the ball like they ran the ball. But part of the, their ability to run the ball is Seattle had to respect the passing game. And it's hard to run, you know, it's hard to run the ball against the stacked front that you can't move. Uh, but the thing with Rudolph right now is teams have to also worry about the pass. And, and I thought one of the play, two of the biggest plays of the game, in my mind, the one where Rudolph stood in there and then threw one down the field to Pickens and Pickens made an incredible catch. And then first down right after the onside kick, you know, Rudolph throws a dart to Pickens for a first down. I mean, I don't know they're throwing the ball with Kenny Pickett there. I think in that situation, they're probably running it. Um, but you have to worry about him throwing it. And he's proven that he can protect the ball and not turn it over. And so, you know, it's one of those de- it's one of those things where uh, if you're going to protect the ball and not turn it over, um, it really opens up the whole play. Uh, I'm sorry, protect the ball and not turn it over, but also be able to make you know, take shots down the field when you need to and make big plays in the passing game because that third part of it hasn't been a part of the, you know, the equation. If you can do those three things, running offense or, or playing offense or whatever, all of a sudden becomes a hell of a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything just, like like you said, it, it just seemed easier. And, and, and you wonder where that's been all season because even when they win, Paul, they don't win like this. Um, and, and I know it was a one possession game at the end of the day, but they only won by seven, but you never really felt like they were going to be threatened by Seattle in in that second half. And, um, you know, it kind of felt like they, they had the the game control. I think that's what they talk about a lot in college football when they're trying to rank the teams, they had game control today. And that's never really felt like what they had, even when they've won, um, those games previously this season, Paul, let's, let's talk about the quarterbacks. You hope we don't spend a week. Um, talking about it, but and maybe they'll use the injury. I think, like kind of like they did this week, to cloak and and save the embarrassment for Kenny Pickett. Because I think that's somewhat what they did this week. Paul was was say, oh, well, you know, we'll see how Kenny progresses. Blah blah blah. Um, rather than just come out and say we're choosing Mason Rudolph over Kenny Pickett, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. But there's no way you go back to Kenny Pickett after these last two games with the season on the line, is there? No, you can't. You absolutely can't. It, it, may, it would make absolutely no sense to, to be honest, because at the end of the day, if you really think about it, at the, it, 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 Mason Rudolph has done everything you've asked of your quarterbacks this year over the last two weeks. You've, he's done everything you've wanted him to do. Hasn't turned it over, made plays in the passing game. Look, it feels like the operation is even a lot better, right? It feels like there's a lot more continuity of what's going on. It feels like there's a lot more consistency. It feels like guys are playing with more confidence. I mean, it felt. Can I I hop in, Paul? It felt, and I'm not comparing him and the way he plays and the potential of his career. It felt like a Ben Roethlisberger start. It felt professional. That'd be the word. It was a professional effort by him. And 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 as soon as they started, you know, bringing a safety up. All of a sudden, you know, he makes a couple of throws, makes that one throw to, uh, to Fryermuth. 
you know, makes a throw to Deontay Johnson makes, you know, you, you have to be able to do that in order to play complimentary football. So um, to me, decision-making how comfortable he's been in the pocket and the fact that the offense feels more efficient and, 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 and more consistent, it, it, it's a no brainer. And I think you probably will do the best for your team. If you basically make that announcement today, because it's pretty clear the other guys on offense. I mean, have we seen George Pickens potting the last two weeks, right? Have we seen Najee Harris potting the last two weeks? Have we seen, you know, guys, I mean, the bottom line, it feels like everybody is much more comfortable and happy now that Mason Rudolph is playing and, and, and actually playing the way you want a quarterback to play. If I'm Mike Tomlin, and again, you know, someone watching the, the uh, someone watching the uh, uh, the YouTube here. If you chime in with comments, because some of you will be able to see what Tomlin says after the game. If I'm Tomlin, I say Rudolph is our guy next week. So if you if you're out there and you're you're watching and you happen to be on Twitter as well or something, and you see any comments about what Tomlin said about the quarterback situation for next week, I'd be very interested. Uh, yeah, and I know I know you would be too, Adam. Yeah, I'll be watching the chat. I see all the comments. So if you guys, if, if Mike Tomlin makes any comments that we can react to, feel free to drop them in. We'll react to them. Um, Paul, you mentioned at the top of the show you think that, uh, you know, you, can you say Kenny Pickett's their guy long term. Are, are you sure about that? And, and if he goes, if Mason Rudolph goes into Baltimore next week, tears up a team that's probably going to be sitting starters, they win the game, whether they make the playoffs or not. But let's just say for the sake of argument, they don't get the help they need. They go into the offseason on a three-game winning streak. Can you can you really say we're going into next season with Kenny Pickett as the undisputed starter? Can you really just let the highest bidder sign Mason Rudolph when this is the best quarterback play that you've gotten over a period of time? And like I said earlier, like five years, other than like a brief spray in, in 2020 when Ben came back from that injury. I probably – let me see this. I probably will tell you I think that um, that's what the Steelers will do. Now, they might sign Mason Rudolph again, but here's the problem they're going to have. He goes into Baltimore, right, and he ends the season three straight 30-plus point games, you know, where he threw for what he threw for last year, last week, about 290. I think he threw for about 260 this week. Let's say he throws for another 250, 260 next week and, and a couple of touchdowns. All of a sudden, he's got, what, four or five touchdowns at 750 yards and, and say, you know, another 24-point game next week. I mean, now you're talking about a guy that probably is going to go on the open market, and he's not going to get you know thirty million or twenty million or something. But someone might be willing to give him ten or fifteen million, and I just don't think the Steelers are going to do that. They're not going to give him that much money, you know. If he's willing to say, "Hey, I'll, I'll play on another two-year deal for ten million total, which is five million a year," you got Kenny Pickett still on his rookie contract. I think they would do something like that. But I just don't know if that's going to be in the cards for them if he plays really well next week. Um, but, you know, you, you invested a first-round pick in Kenny. And since you invested a first-round pick in Kenny, I think you're probably committed to him for one more year, especially since they're going to change the coordinator, they're going to change the offense, all that stuff we keep talking about. They're going to change it. And I think that's going to be the most important thing, you know, is – you bring him in with a new system and you say, okay, this is your year to really prove to us that you can be the guy. Um, so I still think he, he will be the starter next year. And I think they will actually, everything they do in the off season will be set up for him to be the starter. 
I don't know, Paul. I mean, it's just I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on a lot of people to to make the case for why Mason Rudolph shouldn't be the guy. And if he does go sign a five ten million dollar deal, and he, he wins a starting job, maybe pulls a Josh Dobbs or a um, you know maybe Geno Smith, the guy who was across the field from him today, is the, the better example of a guy who kind of bloomed late, became a pro, gets a starting job, and and you know makes the team relevant um, in a way they might not have been. I think that the Steelers will be in a tough position if Mason Rudolph starts next week and they don't get into the playoffs. I think if I think if you, to set up what you're talking about, Paul, they need to make the playoffs and then probably lose, and then have some bad taste of Mason Rudolph in people's mouths, where you have some level of doubt, where you can say, "Hey, we're, we're going to have we're going to bring Kenny back." Blah blah. It, I think it's going to be hard if they win next week. He plays well and they don't make the playoffs to say, "Yeah, our solution is to go back to what we were doing all season." And, and and what would go back to what um you know what, what what we were doing with when we were losing to two win teams the thing about it is you've got the right head coach for that you know what i mean if anybody can withstand that kind of criticism and everything else i mean here's the thing you know what if they win and i don't even care if they win now that they have a non losing season he's going to get an extension so he's going to be the guy and he's going to be uh, once again proven that he has job security more than anybody else in the league so you know if he decides that he wants kenny that he you know he 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 drafted kenny for a reason he's gonna go get him and he's gonna hear all the criticism and you know what if they don't win early next year he's gonna hear a lot more criticism but i think if there's any coach that has the ability to pull that off it would be him Uh, you know you might be right paul but i it's logical uh, you fire your coordinator because he can't get the quarterback going. The, the guys you hire, the guys you hire after can't get him going, and then they get him going with with a guy who's just looked like a better quarterback. I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation about where we go from here. Um, Paul, I also I wanted to talk. Let's talk Mike Tomlin. Let's let's do it. He's been a frequent source of criticism on on this show, um, but the last two weeks they've won. Um, has he coached himself off the hot seat? Has it gotten to the point where a, a, an extension is just kind of a fait accompli? Because I feel like that's where we are. I think if you lose two of the last three, miss the playoffs on the streak they were on, um, it, maybe it changes things. But I think you've gotten enough good taste in people's mouths with with what happened that I, I think he survives here. And I don't think, you know, that even if – I thought that he, he was going to survive before. But I don't think there's any chance now that, um, you know, Art Rooney pulls the plug or even doesn't give him an extension because that would be – an embarrassment, you know, on some level, um, not to give a coach an extension, make him coach for for his job. You don't see that in the NFL these days. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've never really wavered that far away from the fact that the Steelers are going to give him an extension. For a little bit there, I thought, well, maybe they'll flirt with allowing him to, you know, coach as a lame duck next year, but they're not going to do that. The only way they could possibly do that is if they're going to keep their current offensive coordinator uh, uh, combination in place Uh, because, you know, it's hard to, it's going to be hard to hire somebody that has a future. If you've got a lame duck coach, it's just this, even if it's the Steelers and our word is our bond and we're going to take care of them, you know, nobody wants to hear that, man. They want to see it on, on paper. So I never thought that he was going to be on the hot seat. I've said it consistently. He's going to be their coach for as long as he wants to be their coach. People don't have to like that, but the, 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 the possibility existed in my mind that if this ended badly, well, 
maybe he would say, you know what, maybe it's time for me to roll to the next, you know, spot. But, I mean, now he can go in there and say, hey, we got another 10-win season. What do you want me to say? Or nine or 10 win? You know what I mean? I just feel like it's that's that's where it's at with him. Um, he's he's there's always going to be people in this town who 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 you know criticize him. There will always be people in this town who you know will live and die by him. But the one thing that has been steadfast is the Steelers basically have said we've got a good coach. Why are we going to make a change? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's I think that's where the organization was. I just think it, it might have it would again. It would have been a difficult situation if they dropped two, three of the last three, um, given how they had performed. Paul, I want to get into um, the running backs a little bit and, and that running game today. Man, it really felt like it all came together against a non-Bengals team, uh, a, a team that's in the playoff hunt. But, um, you know, Seattle hasn't been great stopping the run lately either. What do you take from what they did today? Because I think that was a big part of what made, um, you know, the effort look as complete as it did. Well, I mean, I think one thing, obviously the run defense is important, but I'm telling you, a big part of it is if they had what they've had in the recent year, you know, weeks or the this season where nobody had to even really think about their passing game, now all of a sudden you can do a whole lot more to stop the run. The threat of a passing game, you know, made a bad run defense even worse. And I think the other part of it is, I, I hope we're to the point now where people can see why the wisdom in running both Harris and Warren. Number one, you always got a fresh guy in the game. Number two, they're both a little bit different and they do things at a little different speed. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, this is exactly what they envision with those two guys, you know, bang, bang, bang. Okay. Take a break. Next guy, bang, bang, bang. Okay. Take a break. You know, and to me, to me, I think that you've got a pretty good combination of running backs. Neither one of them is really a home run hitter, although, you know, Jalen Warren has broken some runs and Nazi's broken a few runs here and there. Neither one of them is going to go 80 for the most part. But at the end of the day, you've got two guys that are pretty good at grinding out yards and getting extra yards, and I thought they both ran really hard today. Um, I, I Obviously, you, you have to take into some account the fact that the Seahawks' run defense is bad but by the same token, I mean, they made him look even worse. So, you know, I thought it was a great game by them, those two guys. Paul, I want to talk about the defense in the big picture here in a second. Before we do, just want to thank a couple more sponsors. Um, if you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky & White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Paul, I, I teased the defense. I want to, one more point on, one more question on offense I forgot about. Um, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson have looked great. With, with Mason Rudolph. And is this what those guys have always been? Is, is this the talent that is there to be accessed? Or are they these more inconsistent guys? How much do you put on them for their performance this season? How much do you put on the quarterback play that they've been working with um, and, you know, the offense that they've been playing within? Well, a little of both. A little of both. 
Um, I would say that it's one of these things that, um, you know, the, the, the receivers at times this year have not, you know, it's, it's clear if you listen to these people that are, uh, you know, film, film types like Chris Carter, the receivers haven't run great routes all the time. They've been lazy a little bit. They've been, you know, they've done a lot of uh, pouting when things haven't gone their way. So they haven't been great in, in all of the games. They haven't, but by the same token, they've been playing with guys who can't get them the ball. And that's been frustrating, you know? Um, so it's a little of both. Um, I do think that Johnson and Pickens can be a good combination of receivers. I would like we, I would like it if they had a third guy with them, as we've talked about many, many times. Uh, but it's pretty clear that Mason Rudolph is bringing the best out of those guys. And, and the thing about George Pickens that, that Mason Rudolph is doing that the other two guys couldn't figure out, he, he's a guy you got to, you know, feed him the ball, you know, keep him engaged, get him going early. So he's into the game. I mean, we saw him, you know, there was a couple of shots too early in the game. Then all of a sudden he's out there blocking. He's out there making some more physical plays. He's out there playing like you want him to play. So um, it's just one of those things where it it seems simple to me um, that it's all working together. You know, you've got two guys with reasonably good talent who – it wasn't clicking with the other guys because the other two quarterbacks weren't very good at consistently getting the ball. The, the ball, But now all of a sudden you've got a guy who's throwing the ball down the field, who's making plays with his arm, who's giving them opportunities to make plays themselves. And, you know, it seems like their focus and their, you know, their, their, their you know, like Pickens, especially their intensity and, and everything else, it seems like it's come up uh, incredibly a lot because now they're engaged in the game. So changing the quarterback is a part of it, but only because I think changing the quarterback has enabled those two guys to do what they do well. And so, you know, we'll see. They they obviously have one more game to try and win, but to me, that's been the biggest difference with those two receivers. They both seem like they're incredibly engaged in the game. Paul, we talked a little bit about the defense at the top. Just want to get into it in a little more detail. I mean, man, they did not look athletic today. There were a lot of missed tackles. Um, you know, they a lot of big plays down the field. DK Metcalf had a pretty great day. Um, all that being said, they they got the the right plays at the right time. Um, can you expect any more from this unit the rest of the way? Um, you know, whether win or lose next week, you know, let's say they get into the playoffs, that's probably this kind of feels like the best you're going to get out of this group. Um, given that they don't have the middle linebackers and that the, you know, the, especially the safeties are still pretty banged up. Right. It's just one of those things. Uh, it's just one of those things where you do what you can do. I, I actually think the Steelers, given that they have basically been, you know, patchwork defense, getting guys off practice squads, coming up with players I've never heard of, right? You need in that situation your big play players to make plays, right? And and Watts made some plays. Highsmith, I didn't think, having a great game today. Uh, Miles Jack made a play or two. But at the end of the day, you know, you got a contribution here and there. I thought, you know, the guys in the interior, uh, interior line really had a good game. Now, I will say this. I mean, it's pretty clear the Seahawks' offensive line was really banged up, and that probably had something to do with it. But at the end of the day, all you can do is make plays, you know, uh, and 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 – you're going to give up yards. I mean, listen, you're playing with basically, you know, three quarters of a defense. 
and you just hope that your big play players make plays and all of these uh, nameless, faceless guys that you just keep throwing in there that, you know, they make enough plays that you gives your team a chance. Paul, the big picture, the Steelers did not get the help they need today. needed today. Almost everyone won. Uh, the Bills, notably, I think that's one of the teams that the Steelers hold the tiebreaker on. Um, well, I guess let's, let's tackle this part first, and then I want to talk about the game next week and how that might unfold. Do you think the Steelers, after today, are going to get the help that they need, that if they do win in Baltimore, they're going to be able to get into the playoffs? Or do you think that, that these teams that are in contention – um, you know, with a lot to play for, are, are going to turn in the efforts they need to get where they need to go. Listen, I think both both Buffalo and Jacksonville will be uh, underdogs next week, I think, right, on the road. I would think. I bet you if, if Jacksonville's favored, even if it's in Tennessee, it'll be by one point or one and a half points. And Buffalo's on the road against Miami, uh, even though they destroyed them the first time. You know, that series has been a series where, you know, the, the, the team that's on the road has usually uh, really struggled. So, to me, I, I mean, I feel like the Steelers are going to get the help. One of those two teams is going to lose. So, you know, and I think obviously, you know, the, the, the Ravens scoring 7,000 points today and clinching what they needed to clinch, I mean, there's zero chance Lamar Jackson's going to play next week. So, you're going to get hot rod Tyler Huntley or whatever the hell his name is, right? Maybe you'll get Gus Edwards, but I bet you you won't even get him. You'll get uh, who, who's the guy that's like 90 years old that scored a touchdown at the end of that thing today? Uh, dude, he used to play. I think he used to play with the Chargers way back. Uh, whoever their third string guy is, you're gonna get him. Melvin Gordon, is that who it is? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get you know. So honestly, I think if the Steelers, uh, I, I think the Steelers are gonna make the playoffs. I do. Because I think either Jacksonville's going to lose, or 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 uh, or uh, uh, either Jacksonville's going to lose, or the Dol- uh, the Bills are going to lose to the Dolphins. That's my prediction. And you think you're confident in their chances to beat Baltimore next week, even with those third string guys? Because I'll tell you what, Paul, I caught the last few minutes of that game as well. I was out doing stuff, getting ready for New Year's, but um, they still kind of looked like a buzzsaw in those final minutes, Paul. Yeah, they did, but that was kind of a game where it was all rolling downhill. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes a game gets rolling like that. I think the Dolphins probably lost a little bit of their effort. You know, when you're getting your head kicked in like that, um, it just – I don't put a lot of stock at the end of a blowout what's going on just because I think it's hard to play and, and focus on all that stuff. I think one of the biggest things is you have – now, one pretty interesting development is – down 30, the Dolphins lost Bradley Chubb for the year, probably. That's a pretty big loss for them. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So, you know, you're down 30. You wonder, okay, <laughs> those guys, you probably want to get out of the game. You know, so we'll see what happens next week. Listen, the Bills are capable of scoring 100 points, and they're also capable of going up there and going down there and turning it over six times. You know, well, yeah. Uh, and here's the thing I wanted to ask about that game, Paul. Um, do you think Miami's going to be going for it in a bid to keep Buffalo out of the playoffs? Considering they've, I think they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. But you could keep them out of the playoffs by beating them. Or if you're Miami, do you not want to take any more chances? You already lost Bradley Chubb. Um, maybe you want to keep some of your bigger playmakers on the bench so that you go into the playoffs at full strength. Well, don't they have to win? 
I mean, they're already in the playoffs. I think it would just be for seeding, and I don't think they have any chance. I mean, they were eliminated from the number one seed today, so I think they're yeah, locked in. Uh, I think, I think the, that game, yeah, that, that game will be for the uh, division, though. Oh, so it would be for the for the home game. It'll be the, that's for the division because the Bills are 10-6 and six and, and Miami's 11-5, and five, and Buffalo already beat them once. So if they were to beat them, they'd have the, the tie break. So that game is for the division, so the Dolphins have to play. You know, okay, I mean, my mistake, I, my mistake. No, 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 I'm just saying they have to play for that. And so I, I'm looking at it right now, you know, that's just that's just where they're at, you know. Um, I don't know what uh, – now what happened? Uh, uh, did, did did Kansas City win or did, did the Bengals? Because I see the Bengals are now eliminated. Yeah, everyone was saying in the chat that um, the, the Kansas City rolled there, took care of the Bengals. So I, I think they're out of the picture. They were pretty well knocked out last week, though, too, right? Right, right. But they still had a, I think, a, one of those sliver of chances. So, I mean, I think it's pretty simple for the Steelers, if I'm looking at it. It's very simple. They just need either Jacksonville or uh, Buffalo to lose. And if that happens, then, you know, they'll be in good shape. Well, Paul, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, once again, Mike Tomlin gets to the last week. Everything is on the line. Uh, still hasn't, what, I think it's one game his team has been eliminated. So you got to give him that. He keeps things interesting, makes our jobs interesting, prevents us from having to talk about, you know, meaningless games. Um, Paul, any final thoughts before we sign off here, get to our uh, New Year's festivities? No, I mean, I, I, again, a really good day for the Steelers. And now, you know, they just need basically a little bit of help next week. And I don't think it's going to be, that much, you know, to ask uh, uh, because I think that both uh, Jacksonville with C.J. Beathard and and the Bills going down to Miami, one of those two teams is going to lose. Yeah, so I think there's a pretty decent chance we still got to take care of business. Did you see uh, anything from? I was trying to uh, see if Mike Tomlin uh, is. I was trying to see if uh, Mike Tomlin had said anything about the quarterback next week. I have not seen anything come through the chat. So that is something people, you guys are going to have to stay tuned. Check out postgazette.com. Um, we'll have plenty of news from our reporters in Seattle. We'll also have uh, Jerry Dulac, Ray Fittipato will probably be on our Steelers postgame video on the Postgazette Sports Now YouTube channel. So if you enjoyed this, uh, please subscribe to the channel. Make sure you catch that video from Seattle. Uh, catch some locker room reaction as well. Um, also, stay tuned for uh, early this week. We'll have Christopher Carter on the North Shore Drive podcast. Plenty of guests uh, breaking down this game, getting you ready for next week against Baltimore. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll be rolling right into that game next week as well. Paul and I will be right back here. I'm not sure we know exactly what time, what channel that game is going to be on yet. But regardless of what time it is, me and Paul will be here after well, to break everything down, win or lose. I would think it'll be at a 1 o'clock game, right? Uh, I wonder if it'll be four o'clock just because they want to keep the, uh, the keep everyone in suspense, or, or would you say that maybe they'll be one o'clock and they'll put the Buffalo Miami game at four? I think it's pretty clear that they will put the Colts Jacksonville game as the night game, and the reason is because that game is pretty much one winners in, losers out, right? So I'm sorry, Texans Colts. That'll probably be the night game because that's the only game that all the other games aren't really, you know what I mean, aren't really going to be contingent on. And they like to, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking they got Baltimore uh, in Pittsburgh. The Miami game is tied to that. And uh, the Jacksonville game is tied to that. So those three games are all tied together. And I got to look at the NFC. But generally, I think they like to try and keep all of the games that are, you know, sort of tied to each other at the same time. 
So if it's at one or if it's at four, if it's at four, that means it'll be Baltimore game will be at four. The, the, uh, the uh, Jacksonville game will be at four as well. And, and the Buffalo game will be at four. That's why I kind of think it's going to be at one o'clock. Okay. Well, we will see. Stay tuned for that. And we will break everything down a lot more next week. Uh, everyone, happy new year. And we will uh, see you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.